We are starting a new series this morning called Reset, and uh, we can reset our computers, we can reset our phones, our internet, uh, even sometimes our coffee makers, but how about our lives? How do we go about resetting our souls, our hearts? You know, sometimes we wonder if something's going on in our life and if we need some kind of reset. And uh, this might be an indicator that something is going on inside that needs a reset. Stop it! Stop it, stop it, stop it! Only two carry-on items! Excuse me! <laughs> the seatbelt sign is on! You know, it was the little things that got to me, like... That's funny, because you know, I could have sworn that I said rows 22 or higher! People. Do you see a plane out there? Do you? We are not going anywhere until there is a plane out there. I never want to go through that again. So this time... <laughs> you never want to go through that again either. But you know, sometimes it's on the outside. Sometimes it stays on the inside. But what are we supposed to do when it starts to bubble to the surface? And maybe, just maybe, we can do a reset, a soul reset, before it even gets to that place. And uh, what are we to do with that? How do we deal with all the stress, all the tension, all the things that are going on in our world? Uh, statistically, we're hearing that as people are going through this time with COVID and the politics and watching the news and seeing just all the fires in California, uh, this morning waking up and to hear two more sheriffs were uh, shot in California, uh, deputies, and they're in uh, the hospitals, hopefully recovering in intensive care. You have all these things going on, and then there's just your, your personal life. So what is a, what is a person supposed to do? Uh, someone who's, let's say, unconvinced when it comes to faith, someone who's very convinced, or, or someone who's uh, in between. What, how, do we, how do we respond to this? Well, one idea is this. One commercial is saying this. That's what they're saying for Iceland. If you are feeling stressed, uh, they actually have a system where you can record your scream, and if you follow it out, they'll uh, put a box somewhere in one of those places, and they'll turn it on, and they'll let you scream. And uh, I guess that, that works for somebody, but, but hopefully there's some other ways that you and I can deal with a reset. You and I can uh, try to uh, work that out. You know, I'm not going to ask us to right now scream and record it and, and send it off to Iceland, but uh, you get the idea. So, so how are we supposed to do that? What is the answer? How do you and I have a reset? How do you and I have a soul reset? Well, Jesus all through his teachings and all through the documentation of what he said and, and all of that 
shows that it is possible for you and I to have a fresh reset. It, it never, we never get to the place where that, that can't happen. Now, I uh, checked in with um, Jason, our drummer Jason. Uh, you know, he owns a little fix-it shop for electronics, and I just wanted to make sure I got this right, that when it comes to like a phone or something like that, there are basically three kinds of resets. Now, you could go and find more, and I'm really not familiar with that because I have an iPhone, and iPhone's never to be reset, but that's for another discussion. But let's just say you don't, and you're thinking about resetting. Uh, there are three, three basic uh, ways to um, do this uh, reset, and so let's, uh, let's just talk a little bit about reset types. Uh, the first kind of reset type is a soft reset. And when we think about a soft reset, that is really just a reboot, powering the thing down and starting it back up. Uh, you know, there are electronic devices in our life, uh, maybe your phone, maybe your computer. But for us, at our house, the one thing we fight with is our internet box. I don't know if you know that internet box. It has the little lights that blink, and every once in a while, uh, things get really slow, and we put it off, and we put it off, and we put it off. I'm sitting in the living room, and I want to go upstairs uh, to the family room and, you know, unplug it and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we, we, when we finally, when I finally just get so sick and tired of the slow speed of the internet, I go up there, unplug it, uh, you know, let it sit for a couple minutes, then plug it back in, and then, wow, amazing, most of the time that we go downstairs and, and movies and TV and all that stuff is, is uh, video streaming at the, at the right, uh, right speed. Uh, what's interesting about that soft reset is it, it takes a lot to finally get me to go upstairs to do that. Uh, it's got a lot of like wires behind there, there's a TV, there's surround sound, there's a printer, there's all this stuff, so I have to go back there and try to figure out the right one without plugging, out and plugging the wrong one, and you know, so I just kind of put it off. And the same can be true in our own personal lives. Something's going awry, something in our soul, something in our heart, and we're starting to, in a sense, see slow speeds in our life, some kind of indicator in our life that, that it's just not going right or going well, and we realize, yes, there's a lot of uh, external pressures on our lives, but inside, inside, we, we know it's somehow in there, and yet the same way I kind of hesitate to go up and try to reset the, the cable box, the internet box, is the same thing we sometimes do with our own lives. And we just, we just hold back. We, in a sense, wait until we really get into it, and it really boggles our mind and really bothers us. But as we're going to find out throughout this series, there's some things we can do so when we start to have those indicators, we can do a reboot up. We can do a soft reset. We we don't get to the more difficult resets. And again, I don't know why we wait, why we put that off when it comes to something in our life that's an electronic device, but many times we also put it off when it comes to our personal life. And if you were to go through uh, the scriptures, the Older Testament, the New Testament, uh, you would find lots of stories of individuals that needed to do a reset. And you can find the soft resets. We're also going to look at a hard reset, and we're going to look at a factory reset. And you can find these individuals that, that something's not going right. They realize something's getting bogged down, and they go back, and they have this kind of reset. So I could give you lots of examples about that. One example, and some of us are familiar with this, is the life of Peter. 
Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. Uh, Peter was a all-in, all-out, emotions-on-your-sleeve kind of a guy. And he would say, say things before speaking, all that kind of stuff. And there are definitely some times where all of a sudden he needs a reset. And one of the examples of that uh, takes place uh, in Matthew 14. And uh, some of us are familiar with a story about Jesus walking on the water. And uh, we see uh, Jesus is walking on the water. They're all scared. And we read in uh, verse 17, we read this. Be still, it is I. You have nothing to fear. And then Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, then command me to meet you on the water. Uh, rest of the disciples are in the boat probably going, is that really Jesus? Oh, I don't know about that. Even it is Jesus. I'm not getting out of the boat. But Peter, he's, he's ready to go. And Peter jumps out of the boat, and indeed, come, Peter stepped out of the boat onto the water and began walking towards Jesus. You can just see this is just a great experience. Uh, the storm is going on, and then all of a sudden, this happens. But when he remembered how strong the wind was, his courage caught in his throat, and he began to sink. Peter, masters, save me. And uh, we know the story that Jesus reached out his hand, grabs a hold of Peter. Peter gets right back up onto the water. We don't know if that was ankle deep, shin deep, but he gets back up and they get into the boat. You know, and as Christ falls again, we can find ourselves in the same place where we need a soft reset. We start looking at all the things going on in our world, in our personal world, the crazy things. And uh, we're, we're walking and we're moving and all of a sudden we start to take our eyes off Jesus. Uh, we start to look at all the circumstances, all the craziness. Uh, maybe it's something with our health. Maybe it's a relational thing. Whatever it is, something at work, the politics that are going on, COVID, whatever it is. And all of a sudden we find ourselves slipping a little bit. And all of a sudden we find ourselves starting to sink, let's say, in the water. And again, it's amazing. A lot of times in my own life, I'll let the water get up to my waist, get up to my chest, get up to here before I call out and say, I need a reset. Don't know why I do that. Don't know why you do that. But we seem to do that. So all of us, when we're thinking about a reset, can think about the soft reset uh, that is possible for us uh, that we can have. Then also there's this idea of a hard reset. And a hard reset is, as I was told, Jason, right? A hard reset is one where you also delete temporary files, uh, your ca ca cash, 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 your money. You take your money. No, that's not. No, I don't. <laughs> you delete your cash uh, <laughs> and uh, f close all the programs and then, and then start to restart it. Uh, and the same thing can happen in our own lives. You and I sometimes need a hard reset. It's just not like a reorientation. It's not just a grab Jesus' hand. It's not just get our eyes back on Jesus. We actually have to get inside our life and, in a sense, update our operating system, make some changes, shut some programs down, turn some other programs on. And we find ourselves, when we get into those situations, it reminds me of David, uh, um, Johnny read that passage this morning from Psalm 51, and Psalm 51 is all about when David had to do not a soft reset, but a hard reset. You may remember David was king of Israel, a man after God's own heart, celebrated, but then he went off the rails. 
Uh, he got involved in some, uh, an affair. Uh, he tried to cover it up by actually having the person's uh, husband taken out. And all this goes on. And uh, it's, just, it's just unbelievable. And so when it comes to David, he just didn't need a, a soft reset. He needed the hard kind of reset. And there's times where you and I in our life, it's just not the soft one. It is the hard one. We need to shut down. We need to slow down. We need to, uh, again, delete some programs, figure out what's going on in our life. And this is the way David uh, says it in Psalm 51. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Restore within me a sense of being brand new. And sometimes you and I need that sense of being brand new. We need that restart. We need that fresh start. We feel all used up. Uh, we might feel dirty. We might feel broken, uh, compromised, and we need a fresh start. And obviously, David was feeling all those um, feelings. And he says, do not throw me from, away from your presence. Do not remove your Holy Spirit from me. Uh, in the Older Testament, you saw it happen with King Saul. King Saul went so far from God, eventually the Holy Spirit was removed from Saul. David is very aware of that, and David doesn't want the same thing. And sometimes you and I, in our uh, thinking, when you've said yes to Christ, uh, God comes and joins your life, lives within you through the Holy Spirit. And uh, we know that in today, in the New Testament, uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us, but there is this idea where we become less sensitive to him. And sometimes you and I need to say, I want to a restart. I want to be refreshed. I need to be aware of you in my life. And I need to clean up my heart. I don't want to live my life like you're absent. I want to live my life like you're there. So refresh me. Restart me. Uh, help me to move in this way. And uh, David wanted that uh, so deeply. Then there's also the idea of a factory reset. And this is where you take a, a phone or you take your device and you basically restart it. You have it, it deletes everything and starts like it's brand spanking new. It, you, you, it's like a, when a phone, it's like it came out of the box. Everything's gone. And you get a factory reset. And when we think about a factory reset, we really think about a factory reset for someone uh, who's a, someone is this idea of deciding to follow Christ, saying yes to Christ. Sometimes you hear uh, Jesus talk about being born again. You've heard other people talk about being born again. It's the idea of a factory reset. And some of us may need a factory reset. Some of us may have never said really yes to Christ. Maybe we know a lot about him in our head. Maybe we're starting to get to know him. But it's never worked its way down into our heart. And we need a factory reset. Uh, just a, a one way of explaining that is uh, this idea of admitting. Admitting you've been out of step with God and need to connect to him through Christ. It's a part of a factory reset. You admit your sin. You realize that it's a part of your life. You see the selfishness, and you've never asked God through Christ to forgive you and to start anew. So you admit that. And for some of us, at times, it's hard to admit, even after you've had a hard reset. I don't know about you, but it's sometimes hard to admit where we've been wrong, where we have actually disobeyed God's uh, way of living, where we've actually sinned. 
And so we begin by admitting that we need help. Uh, then we place our trust. We believe Jesus Christ died for us and rose again and accept his forgiveness as ours. It's almost like, uh, I've shared this before, it's almost like uh, getting on a zip line. Uh, I've been on activities where we do zip lines and it's fun and all that kind of thing. And it's a lot more fun watching other people get on the little thing and zip down the zip line. And I actually believe that that's going to hold the person. If it didn't, I would say, don't do that. Uh, But it's quite differently when I climb up the little ladder and I get on there and I go. And the idea of belief is putting the weight of your life in his hands, knowing that he's made things right for you and me. And then also involves this idea of choosing, choosing to invite Christ into your life as the one you're going to follow. You're not going to do this perfectly. None of us do. That's the reason there's soft resets and there's hard resets. But uh, we invite him into our life. We're going to follow him, do the best we can do, and we start living a life of loving God and uh, loving others. And when you think of uh, people from the scriptures, when you think of uh, Paul, for example, he is a person that we can see had a factory uh, reset. We read in Acts uh, chapter 9, Jesus uh, appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. This is Ananias talking to uh, uh, Paul and has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fall, fell from Saul's eyes. Uh, his name was Saul, and then his name changed to Paul, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and that's identifying yourself with Christ, and uh, goes public with his face. faith. After taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. And that was his factory reset. And again, any of us can be in a place where we have not said yes to Christ and we need that factory reset. Uh, So as we're thinking about these ideas and we're thinking about uh, resets, uh, there's a little bit of confusion that can kind of go along with our resets. And and the first confusion is this, and it it really functions a lot for uh, those who have said yes to Christ, those who have maybe a little bit of miles under their belt, in a sense, on, on the road, and they've been following Christ, is this idea that experience makes me wiser. And as we start to follow Christ, and maybe we've gone to a lot of Bible studies, maybe we've been uh, uh, doing church things, and uh, we've gotten to know God and know about God, and we, yes, we did have a factory reset, but this idea that uh, experience makes us a little wiser. And the problem with that is experience does make us a little wiser, but we actually have to act on that experience. Mentioned earlier about zip lines. Uh, when I was a youth pastor a number of years ago, we tried to take the kids on as many experiences as we could, try to get them out of their em- envelope, um, environment, get them into a new place. We would do uh, canoe trips up in Canada, bike trips for a week, backpacking, ropes courses, uh, you know, uh, cultural trips, you know, in our country, you know, maybe go into a, go down to Philadelphia and be introduced to a new culture and try to point to Christ, uh, some out-of-the-country experiences, and uh, we would do these all the time, but the key thing to all these events, all these activities, was that we needed to have, in a sense, a debrief time. If we didn't talk about the experience and tease out the, the meaning, the value of the experience, 
we would find that it really didn't do all it could do. It, it, yeah, the kids would have an experience. They might learn a couple things, but it was quite differently when we would sit them down. In a sense, we would debrief. And the same thing is with us as Christ followers. We need to evaluate it. An evaluated experience makes me wiser. And so we need to slow down and evaluate our experiences. A lot of us get going so fast that we don't, don't take time for that. We don't breathe meaning into that. So if you and I are going to really have a life where we do soft resets every once in a while, hopefully not often, but every once in a while I have to have a hard reset, uh, we've got to look at our experiences, evaluate them, debrief them, so we can really become wiser and really get uh, the meaning out of them so that we can continue on uh, walking with Christ in a way that honors him, but also a way that we just really enjoy uh, his presence. Another way we can be confused is uh, this idea of, since I know better, I'll do better. And again, the person that uh, has said yes to Christ can, it can be really easy to fall into this. I know so much, so I do better. I know it, so I do better. But all of us realize that just because we know something doesn't mean we do something. We've talked about it before, but this idea of being educated beyond our level of obedience. We know, but we don't do. And that creates all kinds of problems. Just because we know what to do doesn't necessarily mean we're going to do it. I've got to come back. I've, uh, you know, this COVID and not swimming three times a week. I put a little bit of weight on, you know, and I know better, but I need to do it. Less second helpings. First helping isn't bad, but less second helpings, all those kinds of things. So just because I know it doesn't mean we automatically do better. But when we're thinking about this idea of reset, a lot of times we say, wow, I need a soft reset or we've let it go. I need a hard reset. And we, we kind of know about it, but we don't actually do it. Um, doesn't guarantee the ability to do better, even though we know better. We've got to watch out for that. Another little thing that creates confusion is this idea of time. And we sometimes think time is against us, so we really want to involve ourselves. We really want to hit the ground running. We, we, don't, we don't pace ourselves. We feel like we're behind, so we get too far ahead. Uh, same thing happens uh, when you're trying to get physically in shape. Uh, some of us have probably done this. Uh, all of a sudden we say, you know, I need to go, uh, you know, ride my bike so many miles or I need to do this so much or I need to, I need to lift some weights. And we, we, we jump in like we were six months ago or two years ago or heaven forbid, 10 years ago. And we get in there and we look at our numbers. I've done this before. Oh, this is what I used to do, you know, when I last time I was lifting weights and get in and go, and I'm able to pull it off maybe the first time. And then the next day I cannot get out of bed. I just, I'm like, oh, and then all of a sudden that turns into like weeks before you get back to the weights. Same thing can happen when we're thinking about a reset that's a soft reset or a hard reset. Sometimes we think we need to get up to a certain place and we discount the benefit of time. You see, we think that time is our enemy when actually time is our friend. Change in our life, reset in our life involves process. And it's process over time. It's not instant. 
And obviously we live in a world where we're used to having a lot of things instantaneously. And so we've got to step back from that and not let this time thing uh, get in the way. So, so we decide, wow, I need a soft reset, I need a hard reset, or I need a factory reset, and we, and we don't take off a chewable bite, if you will. And that's not an excuse not to take a bite. It's not an excuse not to get a mouthful, but we take way too much and we can't digest it, and we look at other people around us, and they're functioning at this level. We compare ourselves, and we say, I need to be there, and we just take off way more than we can chew, and it causes indigestion. It causes all those kinds of things, and we end up backing off from it. So we need to be aware of doing that and how to, how to stay away from that. So, so if it's not screaming in Alaska is the way to deal with all of these resets, all of these frustration is, what are we to do? Well, Jesus talks about this idea of having a reset power. And this power obviously comes from a relationship with God. As we said earlier, somebody in here may say, you know, I've really never said yes to him. I need a factory restart. Uh, some of us in this room may say, you know, I've been kind of little casual with my faith, leaning into God these days. Actually, with all this going on, I've leaned away from him rather than lean into him. So I think I need a, a soft reset. And then some of us may say, wow, I need a hard reset. I've gone way off the rails. I haven't done anything about it. I need a hard reset like David did. I haven't done what David did, but, but it's just not a soft reset. It's not just a, a, a few adjustments. It's, it's deleting some programs, deleting some activities, and putting in other activities in, uh, in its place. So, so how, do we, how do we do that? How do we have a reset power? In Exodus uh, 16, some of you may be familiar when the Israelites were delivered from Egypt and they were making their move out, there's this thing called manna. And God would provide manna for them. And manna actually means, what is it? Because they didn't know what it was. It was like this powdery bread, wafery thing they would find in the morning. And then they were instructed to gather enough for that day. And then on uh, Fridays, they were supposed to gather enough for two days because they weren't supposed to do it on the Sabbath, which was their Saturday. And they would gather this, and this was what to, was to sustain them. But what's interesting about this manna is that uh, if they didn't get enough, then they, were in, then they didn't have enough to eat. But some people thought, wow, there's enough manna here. I'll get enough for two days when it wasn't on Friday. And when they would get too much for two days, it didn't work. And so when you and I think about manna, we can also think, and we're going to look in a second, what Jesus says about being the bread of life. And he really says that manna of the Old Testament is really a picture of who I am. I'm your bread of life. I'm your manna. You need to be, in a sense, gathering me up. But what happens to some of us when it comes to this idea of uh, resets and uh, all how that unfolds in our life, a lot of us who have, have been following Christ for a little while end up, find ourselves ending up um, resting or eating yesterday's manna. And we think yesterday's manna is, is, is what's going to sustain me for today. And the thought here is yesterday's manna won't be enough soul, soul power for today or tomorrow. So how does this play out? Sometimes uh, uh, maybe you... Uh, 
you know, did this really great devotional book and you read it and you really felt God's presence. You couldn't wait every morning you'd get up and, and read it. And then all of a sudden you're done and that's wonderful. And, and you haven't put yourself in that situation for months again. And yet you're still looking back at that book that you read, that, that verse you read, that experience you had, and you're thinking that that's going to power you for the next two or three months. And it just doesn't work that way. I had this great experience, this great moment uh, where God just really spoke to you, and it was a while ago, and you've kind of removed yourself from that. You see, you've taken that man, you've taken Christ, and it's not enough for the days to come. Yes, it can give you good memories. Yes, it can, it can give you hope in the future, but I can't live on yesterday's manna today. And the Israelites were taught that. And when the Israelites tried to take yesterday's manna and use it for a few days, unless it was the Sabbath, and they did that, it caused all kinds of problems. Uh, see, so some, however, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until the morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Again, sounds pretty gross. So what they would do is they, would, they took a little extra and they saved it when they weren't supposed to, and it went bad. And not to say that you and I, um, experiences with God, our readings with God uh, from a few days ago, from a few weeks ago, from a few whatever ago, uh, you know, are bad. But there is a time where when you and I just rely on that, it gets smelly and stinky. It does not carry us. And sometimes you run into it, and sometimes you've experienced it yourself, where, again, you have had this great experience with God. Uh, it fed your soul. It fed you. And you're kind of still chewing on that weeks and months later. And God says that is not how it's supposed to work. So we move forward to um, John, and Jesus talks about himself being the bread of life, and uh, he talks about what that all means, and uh, we're not going to get into all the details, but there's this idea where Jesus says this. Jesus said, I can assure you that Moses was not the one who gave your people bread from heaven, but my Father gave you the true bread from heaven, and that's referring to himself. He goes on to say this about himself. He says, God's bread is the one who comes from heaven and gives life into the world. The people said, sir, now from now on, give us bread like that. You have to remember there's been these feedings of lots of people, and they're looking for like physical bread, or they're not really getting it. And Jesus is saying, no, I am your spiritual bread. I am your food for your soul. And if you eat what I have to offer, you'll find yourself being satisfied. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me, and you'll never be hungry. Believe in me, and you'll never be thirsty. A lot of times as a Christ follower, we are not coming every day. We're riding on that spiritual food or digesting that spiritual food from a long time ago. And just like in Moses' day, it starts to go bad. And when you're a Christ follower, if you've said yes, if you're not a Christ follower, this doesn't really totally apply to you, but if you're a Christ follower and you've said yes to Christ and you're not getting a daily, regular dose of manna from him, 
you're going to find yourself, what, what do they call that when you're, when you're hungry and you're acting out? Hangry, right? You're, you're, you're like this. Can we turn the AC up? I'm dying back here. It's on. Can't you feel it? Can you feel that? Oh. <laughs> Jeff, eat a Snickers, please. Why? Every time you get hungry, you turn into a diva. Just eat it so Ooh, we can all coexist. Turn into a diva. Mm -hmm. Put it in your system, cranky pants. Okay. Thank you. Better? Better. Will you get your knees out of the back of my seat? Oh. You're not you when you're hungry. Hey, Tony, pick it up. All right, this whole row finished. You know, I'm just not feeling the wood cutting thing today. Uh, I don't know. Hey, Dan, what is the rush here? Is there like a worldwide shortage of gazebos? Tony, eat a Snickers. Why? Because you get a little bit whiny when you're hungry. Better? Better. Hey, my back hurts. <laughs> Now my friend hurts. You're not you when you're hungry. Sidney <laughs> didn't like that. She goes, cut that part on. Like, I like that. She goes, figures you do. But not everyone will like that. When you're not, you're not you when you are hungry. So if you are looking at life and say, wow, I need a soul reset at some level. And you've entered into a relationship with God or you haven't. You have a hunger that cannot be filled any other place but at the feet of Jesus. You need that daily manna, that daily bread. And sometimes, a lot of times, you're going to find that you act hangry when you haven't, not had a Snickers bar, when you haven't eaten your daily manna. And there's no way getting around it. And the longer you go, the more hangry you get, and the need increases from needing a soft reset to a hard reset. There's, there's just no way, again, to get around that. Come every day to me, and you'll never be hungry. Believe in me, and you'll never be thirsty. And when I have the feelings of hunger on a spiritual level, I have to ask, am I really coming to him? And some of us have gotten so good at playing this Christian game, let's be honest, that you can actually read your daily bread, read your Bible every day, most every day, and really not be feasting on him. That's very possible. Sometimes Cindy complains when she makes something, and it took her a little time to make it, and I woof it down in five seconds, and she goes, did you even taste that? And I go, I didn't, but it was good. <laughs> you see, you and I are always going to come to this impasse, and it's going to act out. We look at our world, and we see the brokenness, and we see the hurt. We see people just, just wrestling with life, and we wonder why... In a sense, they don't see the goodness of Christ in our own lives. Sometimes, I think it's because we're not feasting on him. And so the way we react is we act like a diva, a spiritual diva. Uh, we're a little whiny or a lot whiny. So as we walk through this series for the next five weeks, 
we're going to be looking at how do we, in a sense, experience, taste, feed on the manna of God on himself, and that may involve a soul reset, that may involve that factory reset. For some of us, that may be uh, a hard reset, whatever it is, and we're going to look at that. But there are certain things, and I could come up with ten things, but we're going to look at five things that ought to be a part of the Christ follower's life if they're regularly going to find that Christ is their manna, the one that feeds them and the one that quenches their thirst. If we go back to those three stories, go back to those examples or types of reset, if we were to take a look at all of the resets in Scripture, we're going to see that one thing is true, one thing is common, and is that each individual needs to come into the presence of God Almighty. Not once on Sunday, not once on Sunday once a month, not, not a little radio here, but on a regular basis. I love the way Eugene Peterson translates Jesus' words in Matthew 11. It says this, Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden, burned out on religion? Some of us have been burned out on religion. Because those soft resets, hard resets, never took place. Because we've seen other people that are supposed to be spiritual, sometimes ourselves, and they've been hangry. And because they've been hangry, we go, wow, I don't want a thing to do with that. And this morning, if you're here and you've got plenty of stories of Christians that have been hangry, I apologize. I'm guessing one of the reasons why is because they haven't been eating regularly, haven't been having their hunger and thirst satisfied. So Jesus says, if that's the way you're feeling, if you're weary, you're tired, heavy, carrying something heavy, then come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. I'll be a reset for you. Simply join your life with me, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So the whole idea of reset starts and ends with the presence of God through Christ in our lives and no matter who we are when that is not a regular part of our diet uh, we're finding things a mess and so the bottom line i'd like to leave you with this morning is is really a question and the question is, is this how upset before a reset how upset before reset. How upset does your life have to get before you're willing to do a reset? Just a little bit? The internet slows down a little bit. You run upstairs, power down, power up. Woo, it's working good. Or do you just wait and wait and wait and wait and dimension and part of life just gets more upset, gets more upset, and gets more upset? 
I'm not saying just because you're following Christ, you're feasting on him on a regular basis, that you'll avoid all problems. But the way you respond to those problems will change dramatically. So back to our question. I want you to think about this all this week. How upset before a reset? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you issue that statement to all of us. Come, come to you, come to your son. And this morning, as we think about these thoughts, we all try to figure out what kind of reset we may need in our life. But it all bases on coming into your presence and being in your presence on a regular basis. I ask that no matter how good we feel life is going for us personally, that we'll all wrestle and digest the question of how far do I have to go? Uh, How far does life have to be upset before I'm willing to even look at a reset? We're thankful that in in a moment you're willing to start us on the path of a reset. You're there for us. And I pray for my friends in this room and out in the commons and online that you would help us to take that reset where needed so we don't have to live a life of one upsetness after another, so we don't have to be a spiritual diva or an unspiritual diva or a whiny Christian. We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. This time in our service.